Hello and welcome to the Football Manager Show, a brand new podcast from The Athletic. My name is Ian McIntosh and I've been playing Football Manager since 1992 when it had a different name, it took 45 minutes to load and it had a picture of an angry middle-aged man on the box. Well, now I'm the angry middle-aged man. Angry at my own club for being perpetually useless. Angry at your club for being useless in spite of comparatively infinite resources. And yet, even after all these years, Football Manager is still the, the soothing balm to that anger. It's my safe haven. And it's yours too, isn't it? It's a place where we can prove, or at least try to prove, that we know best. But it's changed, hasn't it? If you're my age, you'll remember crashing through a season and an evening, a decade and a fortnight, laying down a magic tactic, slowly adding quality to quality and then just gently tweaking things for hour after glorious hour as those imaginary trophies piled up. Well, these days, Football Manager isn't like that, mostly because real football isn't like that. Even the best manager with the best team can't just send the same players out with the same instructions every weekend, half watching the highlights and wondering if they'll make it to the winter break before midnight. Real football's hard. Football Manager's more real than ever. And that's what this show is going to be all about. We're not going to tell you what the magic tactic is, mostly because there isn't one. But we're going to explain why there isn't one and, and why every team and thus every game is different. We're not going to tell you who all the wonder kids are, but we are going to tell you how you can find that out for yourself. And look, let's be frank. Listening to this podcast is no guarantee that you're going to win more games, but it might explain why you keep losing. The purpose of the podcast is not to crack Football Manager. It's simply to understand it better. To do that and to ensure that we're doing it right, I'll be speaking to the people who actually make it. Because if they don't know how it works, we're all in trouble. I'll also be speaking to some very interesting, very high-profile players to see if they've got any tips. And when the game comes out at the end of every episode, I'll put all that advice into action and update you on my own save. And if you're familiar with my work, you'll know it's unlikely to be a very long-running feature. But before we get to all of that, I wanted to open up this series by speaking to the man at the nerve centre of everything. The man who has led the studio for over 20 years, the extraordinary Miles Jacobson. Miles, thank you so much for joining me. We're going to talk a bit about FM21's new features later in the show. But the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is the, the game itself. You've been running this for, for a long time now. It gets kind of better every year. What is the objective every year, though? Because it's, it's not really a game anymore, is it? It's more like a, a sort of football version of Microsoft Flight Simulator. Well, we have three different versions of the game. We have Football Manager, Football Manager Touch, Stroke Football Manager Xbox Edition, which is based on Touch, and then Football Manager Mobile. And the games are deliberately there for different types of audiences. If you want a simpler experience, then Football Manager Mobile is the game for you. Um, if you want something in the middle, then Football Manager Touch uh, is there for you, or the Xbox edition, and if you want the full simulation, Football Manager is the one. The objective every year actually starts off with quite a simple point, which is to make the best value for money game that there is on the planet. You know, people play our game to escape. We need to make sure that that person is getting good value for money from that. So last year, somewhat presciently, given our play numbers this year, last year the um, the overarching theme of the game was long-term play and people have been playing longer than ever. This year, the theme is you and giving you, the manager, more information. 
but basically we want to keep improving the game every year it's it's all well and good that we get review scores in the 80s every year with what we do we want to get review scores in the 90s it's all well and good that our average playtime is a few hundred hours we want the average playtime to be more hours we want people to be getting more out of it so of the new features coming in which three are the the ones that have most excited you see in in you have kids right i don't have kids um how many kids have you got now just the one so it may <laughs> it makes picking a favorite really easy i can't even turn around and say who's your favorite child um <laughs> the the features basically are part of a sum that adds up to a whole so when someone says what are the three most exciting features in the game because we have different cohorts different people have different things that they really like um i had an outpouring of love on twitter for a feature that involved merging a few news items together so that you you didn't get five news items when you did one thing to five different people. (laughs) You got one news item for five. And that's the hardcore loving that. When we rolled out the new new gen faces, we were getting more the mid-core people going, wow, that's really cool. Um, And, you know, the new users, the new people that are coming in, they don't know what features they like yet because they haven't played our games before. You know what genuinely my favourite feature ever is? Go on. And, and this this says way more about me than, than anything else. But there was, for many years, there was just the ability to make a note on the file of a player. But when you introduce a bit that put like a, a little yellow box next to them whenever they appeared in the game, yep. it meant that you could sit there and make notes on all your youth players. And of course, you know, like 90% of them were full by the wayside without making it to the first team. But five, six, seven years into the game, you'd start tripping over him in the early rounds of the FA Cup. You'd be like, oh, there's that kid who's crap in defence. Oh, he's still <laughs> crap. Awesome. So um, th- that's always been my favourite. And and that, that actually confused a lot of people. So I, I got lots of people reaching out going, why is there a yellow box around this player? And you're like, well, because you left the note on them. And then, yeah. then we changed it to asterisks and that confused people even more. So, you know, everyone has their, their favourite things. The, the things that the comms team, that our PR team have picked out, so probably the things that I should be going through. There's a lot of work done in the area of recruitment. So we have a new recruitment meeting in there, um, as well as being able to ask agents about availabilities of players, which give you gives you some indications of basically what you need to do to be able to persuade that player to sign for you, both short-term and long-term so that's something that's particularly popular. See, I'm I'm very I'm very interested. In, I saw a screenshot where you're talking to a player, and you can make some kind of uh, bodily gesture, like yes. opening your arms up. It does raise some questions in this post-COVID world, though. That's internally known as the gesture system, but it's part of the interaction module. So before we we had a system called tones, and there were half a dozen different tones that you could use in meetings there are over i believe it's over 30 gestures which gives us a lot more scope when it comes to the tech side of things but also gives you scope when you're playing the game to really be deciding what kind of characteristics that you want to be showing as a manager and that's part of an overarching interactive revamp which also includes um, having quick chats which I'm not allowed to say this, but I'm going to basically like WhatsApping someone, but we don't have any rights for WhatsApp. So it's nothing like WhatsApp at all. (laughs) Um, It's just a prettier text message. Is there an option to Tony Pulis a press conference by just standing up with your arms folded as if it's the last place you want to be? 
and there are absolutely ones for making it clear to the press that you do not want to be there. So that's all there as well. We've uh, lots of changes graphically. The new gens are looking much better. The player models are looking much better. The animation system is better. Lots of changes to match AI. As I sit here today, the match is playing really, really well. Um, we have both the opportunity to improve it and make it a lot worse in the last couple of weeks of development. Um, as is always the case, we're being incredibly careful with that at the moment. We've also, you know, big announcement for us is XG. So XG is something that I haven't wanted in the game for a number of years because really... most of the XG systems that are out there are nonsense. And the XG evangelists will go, well, why don't you have XG in the game? And I just sit there and go, which version of XG? I've had my unofficial version of uh, expected goals XG, which is like 0.4 for a clear-cut chance and 0.2 for a half chance. So I've already introduced this into the game. It's nice that it's being formalised now. Uh, the problem with the way that you're doing it in is that you're not taking defensive position in, into account. Because that was never taken into account with clear-cut chances. And that was the... There have been some systems that have included defensive positioning before, but none of them work that well. So we've worked with with a company called SciSports, who are a professional data provider. And um, a couple of the guys in my team, Elliot and Doc, they've been working very closely with SciSports to actually put something together that makes a lot of sense. And Elliot has a um, football data analysis background as well as being a programmer. So he's been a, a really good person to be working on with that, with our with our design team, to come up with something that we believe is a great system, but it's also a system that's tailored for our match engine, which is also important because whilst our match engine does look like football, and I would like to think is football, it's working with artificial intelligence, not with humans. Um, so we have to make sure that it's tailored to to what we do specifically as well then there's all the end of season stuff there's all the quality of life stuff that we've been doing you know there's there's a hell of a lot packed in for a normal year's worth of game let alone one that was made during a pandemic but you asked earlier about the certain things that we're used to in real life like handshakes and and how we're dealing with that and i i released a covid blog that basically dealt with how we are dealing with with COVID in game which is it's not going to be there as an injury we're not not going to have supporters in the stadia for the first year and in the game at the moment we have elbow bumps not handshakes but <laughs> there is a poll and I think this podcast will probably be out after the poll finishes so you can probably update people on this but we've put it out there on a poll on whether people want to have uh, elbow bumps and handshakes and the main reason that we did that is we know that people have been using the game as in escape for covid which i'm saying far too often but it's just true we for a start with fm20 as well as doing a lot of giveaways and and that ended up being well over a million people getting the game for free it was actually well over five million people who ended up getting the game for free we've served 80 million so far mental health adverts inside the game so that people are one click away from getting their help uh, from being able to get help so what we don't want to do is be triggering anyone so rather than making those decisions ourselves we've opened it up to our uh, our players to let them decide whether the gestures in game are covid secure or not and this is not the first time you've had to deal with real life intruding on the sort of magical 
abstract reality that is Football Manager? Because you had this with Brexit a few years back, didn't you? Yes, with Brexit, we took a slightly different approach in that we came up with every possible Brexit scenario there could be and put them all in the game and then gave them percentage chances, which have changed over the years. And we've tweaked it over the years of things as things have have been happening. And Brexit is now happening. I, I, I doubt very much that there are going to be any delays to it happening um, at the end of the year. And football still hasn't announced what it's doing. We believe that we have a version of Brexit in the game that is very similar to how it's going to work in real life based on the conversations that we've had. Um, and at the moment, I'm just hoping that they actually announce that it, announce what Brexit's going to be before we release the game. Because, well, I, I don't think people will find out the ins and outs about it inside the game, but... Football clubs need to know what's going to happen and it's not going to be a case that clubs can just sign whoever they want or certainly it's not my understanding at the moment that that's, that that's going to be the case. But yeah, you know, we've had Brexit in there. We've um, kick it out, have had ads in the game for 20 years. We've had players coming out in the game because we all know that there are gay footballers that at the moment are too scared to come out and you know, try to normalise it in game. So we've we've dealt with, with quite a few things. I mean, even even going back more than ten years ago, when uh, there were some countries that were applying to be in the EU, we were having to decide whether they were getting EU membership in the game or not. <laughs> um, so it's not it's not something that we're we're not used to doing. We just try not to have an opinion about those things in game because across the studio we have different opinions about the different things across the studio there are some people who think that brexit is a good thing and there are some people who think brexit is the worst thing uh to happen in their lifetime and so you know we we have to be non-judgmental when it comes to the game side of things but still reflect the things that are happening in the real world this game really has come on a long way from the one i was talking about in the intro with uh, the Angry man on the box, 80 teams of new gem players and no dynamic, fast-moving political issues. Um, well, but, you I, know. like you, I was a big fan of that game. I didn't work on that game. That was uh, Oliver and Paul and um, some of his school friends were involved with that, some help with some people at Domark. Um I didn't get involved till Champman 2, where I was a tester on that game. But, um, but it's still, you know, the initial vision is still the same, which is to create a living, breathing football world that basically doesn't care if you're playing it or not. <laughs> That's always been my favourite bit. The AI make exactly the same decisions that you get to make as a manager. If you think back now, uh, back back in those days to how small the game was compared to, to now, and by that I mean the size of non-playable characters... You know, you had, was it 80 that you said? 80 teams? Yeah, that was groundbreaking as well. I don't want to go it, it you know, Grandpa Simpson or anything, but yeah, the likes of tracksuit manager, football masters, things like that, they just presented you with an opponent for the week and then that opponent sort of vanished until the next time you played them about two hours later. That was the great thing that, that Ovan Paul came up with was, was the living, breathing world element of it. But you're right, it has changed because at that point there would have been around 4,000 non-playable characters in the game, whereas now there's 400,000 <laughs> non-playable characters in the game. And at, at that point we had a system called regens 
and that the regen system stayed in place for many years in the Championship Manager Series. So a new player would only come into the game when another player retired and you were basically just getting the same version of that player. When we added uh, youth teams into the game, we had to come up with a system of, of new gens, which are players that can be created eight per club per year or on, on average eight per club per year that felt like they were real players but weren't just recreations of those other players. One of the things that I've been fascinated by uh, in, over the evolution of the game, but more so now, is the influence that people in the real world of football have have on this game. You know, going back to, I think, Ray Houghton was the sort of publicly announced football consultant back in the old days. Um, yeah. But, but now it, the, the net has been cast far wider, hasn't it? So look, Ray, Ray was the first person we announced but we got to know Ray because he reached out to us wanting some suggestions for left backs at Crystal Palace when he was assistant <laughs> manager there. So, you know, we've been talking to people in the football industry for years and that side of things does go into the game. We just don't talk about it a lot because we don't have commercial deals with them. I've been incredibly lucky in that the football world embraces what we do. So, I've been to training sessions around the world at different clubs and different nations, national training sessions as well. I've had access to chief executives, chairman, being able to ask them questions about how the game plays, about how real football works, basically, what we're getting right, what we're getting wrong. We then started getting, uh, seeing more and more footballers playing the game. So we set up a group of ballers who help us test the game, which started off with about six people and is now around 2,000 footballers from non-league through to Ballon d'Or nominees. All of that information was basically sitting in my head and that that's not good enough for us as an organisation. Um, so we started bringing a lot of those people into the studio. So we now have a series of talks, um, normally every six weeks, called the Foot Talks, where I go a bit Michael Parkinson, and sorry for the younger users, uh, the, the younger <laughs> listeners rather, you don't know who Michael Parkinson is, but I go a little bit Michael Parkinson and, and drill them in front of the whole studio team, asking them questions uh, that are related to some general questions about football, the others related directly to features that we're working on in the game. So I have no interest in what did you say to this player on the sideline on this day that caused him to throw his shirt down, which is the kind of questions that that they might get asked in, uh, in other interviews. We make it incredibly game specific. And those are private sessions. And because they're private sessions, they are a lot more open. Like we, we had one with Sean Dyche earlier in the year and I've known Sean for a long time. And he was completely open with us um, and was really, really useful in helping steering features both for this year's game and if we get to make any more games, future games as well. So, you know, they're, they're all involved in the process. It helps that we've got a partnership with the League Managers Association, who've been great at bringing people in. But it's not just managers that we bring into that. It's also assistant managers. It's loan managers. It's directors of football who will come in and, and talk to us and happily answer any questions that help steer the game and make it better. 
And I'm guessing you've got this kind of constantly refreshing pool of people from football because we're now at a stage where people have grown up with this game. Um, people have played it on the coach on the way to games um, who are now starting their post-playing careers. And people who've played it since they were kids. The first person to come out in a football sense was Andre Velas boas when he was chief scout at Chelsea working under Mourinho. And he was asked, you know, where are you finding these players from? And he just turned around it's... You know, it's from from this game. So we've been part of the football fabric for a while. And, you know, as as you said, a lot of people who've grown up playing the game are now moving into management and into that area. I don't I don't believe that Sean plays the game, but um, I think some of his family members do. Of course, one of the problems you're going to have is that the players are going to immediately go and look at their ratings. And if they've already got your home phone number... Um, do you ever get messages from any of them griping? Yep. Yep. Excellent. Yep. yep. Um, we've only changed them once. And that was when a player who was at a club that I can't mention, he reached out and he said, Mark, one particular stat, he was unhappy with his pace and acceleration stats. So, and he compared himself to another player at the same club whose pace and acceleration stats were better than him. And he was like, I'm faster than him. I'm faster than him. And I just turned around and went, okay, have a race, film it, send me the video. (laughs) And they had a race and he filmed it and he sent me the video and he sent me the video and he proved that he was right. But to be fair, he also turned around and said, yeah, but you've said that my dribbling's better than his and he's a much better dribbler than I am. So we made that tweak. Um, So sometimes players do reach out. They normally put LOL at the end of it when they're reaching out because they know that it's cheeky. There have been times where people have been pushy on it. And I've said, there is one way to get your rating up. And they're like, right, what's that? And it's play better when our scouts are watching you. (laughs) And our scouts are at every game. But I've I've had agents try to bribe (gasps) me to put stuff up and... The, the ones that have asked me that know to never ask me that again. Um, oh, my because word. I'm I'm not one for bribing. You know, it's just fact that so many clubs use use our database or, or use use our data, not really our database, that people do want to be represented positively in the game. And, you know, we try and represent everyone accurately in the game. So, Mars, as you know, I used to play football manager more than most. Um, I was a I was a football writer, nomadic existence, trekking around, watching all sorts of games at all sorts of levels. And genuinely, genuinely, I counted it as like legitimate background research. I, I'm not even joking because it, it did, you know, if I was doing Tottenham against a team that I'd never heard of in the Europa League, then more often than not, I could do pre-season with them and suddenly be far more familiar than I would have been if I'd just been trawling around the internet. I don't think you're alone in that, Ian. Yeah, I don't I think don't. you're alone. I'm definitely not alone in that. But uh, but in 2017, I, I changed career and got a grown-up job. And I didn't watch anywhere near as much football. I didn't play anywhere near as much as uh, as much football manager. And um, in lockdown, having sold my business, I came wandering back. And crikey, it changed a bit, hadn't it? Um, from I think the last time I was playing really, really, really hardcore was FM seventeen, and even in those three years, so much has changed. I, I get the feeling I'm probably not the only person who was a sort of lapsed player who came back in lockdown. So if you were speaking to, as I hope you will be with this podcast, someone who hasn't played in a few years, what would you say are the sort of major changes to the way that the game operates? 
it's a strange phenomenon with us because we get a bunch of people who tell us that the game hasn't changed from year to year. And you are absolutely right in that the game does change a lot every year. It can be a little bit daunting coming back to it when you've been away for a while. So for a start, one of the things that, that we've brought in in the last few years is do not tell the game that you're an experienced manager when, you set, when you're setting up the game if you're not. <laughs> the inexperienced manager will have a lot more pointers. You get a lot more tutorials of explaining how things work before letting you then run off with a bunch of stuff and, and do it all yourself. I'd also advise that the first game that you play is a is playing with a big team that have lots of money so that you're learning the ropes and actually winning a lot before before you go to your journeyman save because I know that you uh, you used to like to take a club from non-league all the way through oh absolutely the other thing is come and talk to us on our forums our forums are a very very friendly place um it's community.sigames.com You'll find lots of people there who are more than happy to help you. You will obviously get some um, some not-so-nice people who are going to call you a noob. Just ignore those and <laughs> deal with the people who aren't calling you a noob. So it's, it's definitely more complicated than it was a few years ago. But we also have Football Manager Mobile and Football Manager Touch, which are less complicated and are a lot more... They're probably more welcoming. Now, if you buy the game on PC, you get Football Manager Touch for PC for free. So you could also start playing that and then try and dive in a little bit further. So, but yeah, it does it does change a lot. But there, there are also lots of quality of life changes every year that should make the game easier. So whilst it is becoming more complicated, it should also becoming e- be becoming easier as well. One of the things that, that really has changed over probably over the last 10 years, at least, really, but uh, people cling on to the old ways, is that you can't just have 11 good players in a formation that history has proven will work for you and then just sit there pressing continue, continue, continue and ploughing through, can you? That, I mean, we've all, we've all done it at some point. You know, you just chance upon that magic formation in those early days but it hasn't worked like that for a long time because the game the game requires you to take it seriously that it's an obligation otherwise you'll get burned really quickly yeah you you absolutely you get scouted it's it's part of what we were talking about earlier about how the game um doesn't care whether you're playing or not when you look back at some of the games that other games that are on the market there's a complete separation between your team and and the other teams and we don't do that so people will be watching and scouting you much in the same way as you're scouting them and they will be changing their formation if you're dominating they'll be changing how they play to try and counteract what you do and that's football yeah and this this has always been for me one of the strengths of the um of the more recent editions is that you know, it, it's a simulation. The, the game will watch you and get better. Um, but also the fact that you it's very, very hard to hit a groove of just constantly winning. A, because the computer is, is watching you and, and, and making changes accordingly. But also because you can't just use the same tactic on every team, can you? No, you can't. But then in, in real life, um, a team in the Conference North who tries to play tiki-taka probably isn't going to have the players who are going to be good enough to be able to do it. So you have to take that into account as well. Again, 
It's football. That, I think, is, is one of the most fascinating things because I think all football manager players on, on, on some level, some more than others, see a direct correlation between their success in the game as vindication of, of their knowledge of, of the real-life game. And there, there is actually something in that, isn't there? One of the first radio interviews I ever did, I was asked, so, you know, why should anyone play this game? And the simple answer back to that is... People go and watch football. People who are football fans will go and watch football and they will bitch and moan about the decisions that were made by their manager after the game. Um, it's just something that people do. And talk sport have made a career, you know, they've, they've made a radio station around it. Okay, Five Live, one of their most popular shows, most interactive shows is built around that. Um, the Athletic yourselves you know you, you love hearing from from people right and social media has taken that another step forward we give the people the chance to find out whether they really do know more than their manager or not in my case it very rarely proves to be that way but um whereas in my case i should be managing watford and then we'll win the champions league in a few well, years well look i mean it, you've had this guy in for what a month two months it's got to be your turn soon i have put myself forward in the past <laughs> um for anyone who doesn't know the background with with you and watford we should just clarify you've worked closely with watford for a very long time and pretty much know everyone there i wouldn't say that i've worked closely together with them um, I think that's overstating it a little bit, Ian, much, much as I would love to say that that's the case. But I've been going to Watford for 41 years. I am very lucky that I've been in, become involved in some ways at the club and that I, um, I talk very regularly to, to people who are, who are very high up in the club. Um, and as part of my learning, have managed to spend many transfer deadline days, for example, um, at the club and learn about what happens there. And when that stuff is happening, if somebody does chuck out, does anyone know who this player is and I know who they are, then I'm going to speak out at that point and might give other recommendations at that point. Just, you know, in the same way as other supporters do as well, I just happen to be able to do it to the right people rather than just throwing it out on social media. It's been reported three or four years ago now, the, the, the tie-up between the database of the game and ProZone. Um, I guess, have Watford been doing that on an unofficial basis with, with you for, for many years now then? Um, so look, we've worked with ProZone for a few years. There, there are a bunch of clubs that use our data um, and we have non-disclosure agreements with all of them, which means that we can't reveal who any of them are, but they, you know, the people that we have direct... Direct targets with include Champions League clubs, um, Premier League clubs, Championship clubs, clubs abroad. Um, some of them on a very ad hoc basis that they they might want some particular data at some point, um, which is all data that's in the game anyway. Um, and some of them are asking for, for, for more than that or have based their own internal data systems on our data system. So we're the starting point for them to build their data system on top. And I think that's tantamount to what a incredible job uh, our scouting team, which I'm very proud that I was one of the first people involved with, with that as a scout um, 26, 25, 26 years ago. Um, the scouting team goes from strength to strength and we are treated seriously by most of football. Some of football laughs at us, 
some of football also laugh at the idea of footballers doing yoga and some clubs laugh at the idea of cryo chambers and some clubs laugh at the idea of directors of football and lots of other things that have worked for lots of clubs it's just the nature of the beast but we are we're very lucky to work with to work with a lot of great people inside the football world are there any real life influences that players of football manager could use to to make themselves better like books websites podcasts that kind of thing and anything that would that that there would be some sort of good associated reading well this is going to sound ridiculous but the athletic is a good place to start there, um, God bless because you. of the you know the analysis the athletic were really smart when they decided to launch in the uk and that they went around picking up a bunch of the best analysts and uh, analytical journalists um unfortunately they brought your company as well in but you know, well, can't, you know can't have everything huh we'll make mistakes um, but but they've brought in they've brought in a fantastic team of people and i think you know anytime that you you read that stuff you you learn from them there are also some great other you know journalists out there that haven't moved to the athletic yet where you're also going to get some good some good stuff just come and follow some of the people that i'm following on twitter and you're going to learn an absolute shed load don't follow me though you won't learn anything from me apart from <laughs> which flavor kit kats i like no no you'll learn how many people message you every weekend saying I, I had 40 shots, the other team had one, I lost one nil and you'll be hearing from my lawyers. Yeah, see, I don't seem to see those much anymore. So I think uh, maybe I've muted. Yeah, you've been getting frisky with <laughs> the mute button, haven't you? Uh, I do I do enjoy the mute button. Well, we'll have none of that sort of thing on here. Over the coming weeks, we will be breaking down every factor in the game where we can help you. Things like just the way you start the game, the things you do on your first day, how training works, how tactics work, but also really important things like you can actually appoint a good assistant manager and put them in charge of training if you don't particularly like doing training. So there's going to be kind of hints and tips for playing it, but also hints and tips for for having a philosophy and sticking with it. And I, I think I'm going to wrap this this one up the, the way we'll probably wrap a lot of episodes up because it, it's one of the universal questions of football manager. Miles Jacobson, when you take over a team, tell me about like your first 10 minutes. What are the first things that you, you go and do and find out at a new club? Okay, so if I'm talking about a career game rather than when I'm testing, then I always start as Watford unless... Well, actually, I still always sign, start as Watford. There are some years where... I've been lucky enough to know the manager and I haven't wanted to be the person that makes them lose their job. So I'll start the game unemployed and wait until they're sacked or resign in game before then starting my career. But the the first thing that I do at Watford, because I know the squad, is um, there are a couple of players that I don't like very much that I go and offer out to other clubs. <laughs> and I will start off... The first thing that I do is set on my tactic and set up my second tactic and then kind of go with the flow a little bit. And then after three or four days of game time, I go, I haven't set up my shortlist and we'll go into the player search screen and put all of those players that I love to sign onto a shortlist to make sure that nobody else gets them um, before I get the chance to. So are you a person who, who has a system and sets it out and then gets the players to fit it? 
more than a person always 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 have a tactic that fits your players so because i have a style of football that i like to play i will go and find players specifically to go and fit the formation i like to use i'm actually using a different tactic in fm21 at the moment compared to my normal tactic of fm20 because watford are in the championship not in the premier league and don't have as much money we've also got a very good squad but we've got a very good squad that fits particular tactics better maybe than some others so i've i've changed the normal system that I use and I will morph into that system over a period of time in game once I've got the right players. And there you go. That is from Miles Jacobson, the head of Sports Interactive. Always make sure your tactics actually ally with the players you have. You can't just take a a load of rock trolls and make them play like Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, can you? No. I wish you could. Yeah. It'd make everyone's life a lot easier. Let's let's get to the business end then. When's the game coming out? How's it coming out? How much is it? And where can I get it? So on PC and Mac, it is coming out on November the 24th via either Epic or Steam and all good and some bad uh, games retailers. On the other platforms, at the time that we're recording this, we're not actually sure when the mobile game is when football manager mobile is coming out or when football manager uh xbox edition touch xbox edition is coming out or when football manager touch is coming out we're hoping around the same kind of date we know that the game on switch is going to be out a little bit later basically the easiest way to buy the game now in in these times of of lockdowns is digitally so if you check out steam or epic or the microsoft store or the switch digital store or the app store um or the google play store then you will be finding our games there and hopefully by the time this goes out all of our release dates will be known miles jacobson thank you so much for spending so much time with us this evening good luck to you and your team through these uh, the the final furlong now um, and hopefully we'll get you back on as the series progresses Look forward to it very much. Thanks, Ian.